Bible and you'd like to turn there, you can turn to Isaiah 61. The prophet Isaiah chapter 61. Christmas Eve is a special day for dressing up to come to church. I have a special tie on today. I hope you all took notice of that. Uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you. It's a pretty big deal. At our church uh, here, our Christmas Eve service tonight is such an occasion for many of us. I remember my uh, first Christmas Eve here, Christmas of 2018. I didn't realize that we, I should have asked, I didn't realize that we kind of dress up for it. It's very nice, which is a very nice thing. And I wore khakis and a sweater. And I was here about 45 minutes early and in here and somebody said, well, are we dressed up or are we dressed up? I thought, oh boy, I, uh, <laughs> I've messed up the assignment here. I've <laughs> But because of jobs and schedules, my family had to dress up this morning so that we could get our uh, nice family picture we like to get. But tonight, many of us won't wear just anything, right? We wear the outfit that maybe we picked out a few weeks ago when we were getting presents for the kids. Or speaking of the kids, they'll be wearing tonight probably what mom lays out on the bed shortly before heading to church. So will the husband, probably. <laughs> but you all look nice now. I'm sure everyone will look nice tonight also. It's good to... Dress up sometimes to look your best because there's probably a trip to grandma's or a family member's house or a nice dinner or get together with dear family or friends tonight. Maybe the pictures will be taken, a few gifts will be exchanged. God willing, some great memories will be made. Tonight is a pretty big night. Christmas Eve is a fun night. And on the big nights, the most important nights, we make sure to wear our nicest attire. But tonight's not a big night just because of the festivities you've got planned or the new pajamas that you might be getting tonight is a big night, the most amazing of nights, because tonight we watch and wait for a great exchange to begin. Now, usually when you hear the word exchange around Christmas time, you think of names you got or you know, a white elephant exchange or taking something back to the store to exchange it for something that fits. But tonight's exchange is much greater. It's not an exchange of gifts between you and your family, but between God and man. Tonight is the night when our God, the God, takes on our flesh. Tonight God becomes incarnate. He is wrapped in skin and blood, flesh and bone, and He takes on human form. But more than merely taking on our flesh, as if that wasn't enough, in the birth of Jesus Christ, God also takes on our position, our station, our very posture in creation. And what is that position and posture that He willingly takes on himself. It's one of weakness, of vulnerability, of exposure to the elements of a sin-soaked and violent world. Tonight, God is robed in flesh. He is born naked and small and offered to the elements. He's given over to everything from a cold wind whipping through the Bethlehem air, maybe to the hurt and heartache that comes with living in close proximity to you and I. The utterly depraved of society, even. But do not forget, this is an exchange. God isn't the only one gaining new garments and a different address. The prophet Isaiah, who spoke on God's behalf some 700 years before the incarnation of Jesus, foretold the year of the Lord's favor. A time when God's servant, the Messiah, would arrive and bring good news and everlasting joy to the world. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, Jesus, some 30 years old and launching his public ministry, quotes this very section of Isaiah 
he opens the scroll in the synagogue, finds the 61st chapter, and reads these words in verse 2, which Jesus is quoting in Luke 4, 9, or Luke 4, 9 through 19, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, he says. He then sits down and says these words, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus couldn't have been any clearer than he was in that moment. He is the one foretold by Isaiah, the one bringing God's greatest blessings to mankind, and he does so in the form of this great exchange where he becomes what we are, that we might become what he is. Let me pray and we'll begin. Father, thank you for doing this for us. God, without your Son and His coming and living and dying for us and rising for us and ascending for us, without this, there is nothing to celebrate and the world is empty of hope. But because your Son not only died to forgive us, but lived to perfect us, and Lord, you vindicated Him in this work that it is acceptable and sufficient for us by rising Him raising Him from the dead. Lord, there is hope. There is eternal life. And God, I pray now that You would turn our hearts to You as we look over this passage of Scripture and what it is that You're telling us. And we ask and pray this in the name of Your Lord Jesus, or our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In Isaiah 61, the prophet Isaiah goes into this Beautiful detail about what the year of the Lord's favor means for those who receive the Messiah. He writes this in verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress. And as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Are you grasping what the text just said. I hope so, because that's precisely what makes Christmas Eve so incredible. Isaiah is telling us that when the Messiah arrives, he brings with him the good news of God's extravagant blessing, and with it, a whole new wardrobe. Those who receive him or are connected to him in belief and baptism will be wrapped in salvation. And this is the best part, robed in righteousness. That's what you are, robed in righteousness. You have been clothed by another Christian. That's what it is to be a Christian. To have God dress you. Those who belong to the Messiah will be covered head to toe because that's how robes work in a rightness, a goodness that we have not earned. They will also be completely covered in fact, or so completely covered in fact, that when God looks at those who receive this Messiah, He no longer sees any of their evil deeds, any of their terrible choices, any of the countless times when they've rejected Him or failed Him, He'll see None of it. He will only see goodness. You talk about looking your best. And that exchange begins tonight. What we celebrate tonight. Jesus takes on our humanity, our flesh and blood, along with our heartache and our hardship. He even takes on our death. And He will be faithful while you and I have been faithless. He will reject every expression of sin. And live perfectly in your place. He will confront death. And wring out every ounce of God's wrath. In his own flesh and blood on the cross. 
and he will rise out of his tomb, declare it out of his tomb, declaring that your tomb has been totaled, and that death for all those who belong to him has been defeated. He will take your place, carry your load, and set you free. And when it's all said and done, he will wrap you in a salvation and goodness that you did not earn. He will take what rightly belongs to him and graciously bestow it upon you. And the only thing that will be left to do is marvel at your new wardrobe and give God thanks for it indeed will forever be the year of the Lord's favor now. And it all begins tonight when the baby is born in Bethlehem. But we can take this even further, beloved, deep in the Old Testament, long before the incarnation of Jesus and even long before the prophecies of Isaiah, Moses was given instructions for the tabernacle and the garments of the priests who would minister there. The tabernacle at that time was the place of God's promised presence in Israel. It was the means through which he would dwell with his people. It was a tent carried around by the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness. Very detailed instructions were given for each aspect of the tent. And then we're told that the garments of the priests were to be made of those same materials. The priests were then, in some sense, the embodied presence of God. In Exodus, Moses tells us that sewn into the priestly garments, onto the breast piece to be exact, of the high priest were twelve different precious stones. One for each of the twelve tribes of Israel with the names of the tribes inscribed on them. The purpose for this was both beautiful and personal. Whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breastpiece of decision as a continuing memorial before the Lord. Exodus 28-29. So think about that. Each time the priest entered the tabernacle and ministered in God's presence, the names of God's people would be on the priest's heart and before God's eyes etched in beautiful stone. Then we're told in the New Testament that the one being born tonight is the greatest of the great high priests. He's greater than Aaron and even greater than Moses, Hebrews 4.14. And in His incarnation, we have God once again dwelling with man Jesus Christ is both the ultimate expression of the tabernacle and of the priest. But this time the clothes of the priests are much different. Rather than wearing fine linen and exquisite jewels, this high priest, to do his priestly work, wears flesh and blood. He wears what we are. The tent of God and the clothes of the priests are human flesh and blood and skin and bone, and that's because this tabernacle and great high priest didn't come to adorn himself in jewels, but to make us the jewels. He has come to take our place and earn for us the holy garment. While Aaron stood before the Father with the names of God's people written beautifully over his heart, Jesus shows us God's heart for us. And He will live, die, and rise so that you and I can stand before the Father bearing the name forgiven as diamonds and rubies ourselves, as sapphires shining with a holiness we haven't earned but desperately need and now certainly have in Christ. Yes, even you 
Right? It, it doesn't matter what you wore in here. And I don't just mean your clothes. I mean, it doesn't matter what you are in light of Christ. To be clothed by Christ is to be loved by God and to be forgiven and to be perfect and to be holy. You are a jewel shining in the light of Christ's holiness. Tonight's a big night, not just because of the festivities you've got planned and the new pajamas that await you. We do that in our house. Tonight is a big night, the most amazing of nights. Because tonight we watch and wait for this incredible exchange. What would bring it about for us all to begin. Tonight, in the words of the famous Advent hymn, let all mortal flesh keep silence. Christ our God to earth descendeth our full homage to command. Tonight, God Himself takes our place, is robed in flesh to take on our plight and to be our tabernacle and to be our priest. And in this exchange, we receive, you receive the greatest gift of all, incredible, invaluable, beautiful garments of grace. This is the Gospel. This is Christmas. There's nothing wrong with celebrating and red and green and lights and trees and presents and all the songs and the movies. That's all wonderful, beautiful. It's wonderful to have family traditions and things that you do during this time of year and just the joy and the excitement and the wonderful feeling little kids have and all that. All that is wonderful. It's common grace to us from God that He would give us these days to just enjoy and to love and have all these wonderful memories. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing pagan about it. But things that have meaning in our lives, the idea of meaning being real and being a thing, beloved, they're always whispers of the main thing. There are always these little reminders God has woven into the rhythm of creation that He longs to be with us. That He longs for us to have peace. That He longs for us to have joy. That He longs for us to live and not die. He longs to forgive us much more than condemn us. Thus He sent His Son. This is life. This is life. No matter who you are. You see, that's true. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. What sins you've committed. What sins you're committing. He knows. And here you are. Hearing this message. He knows what doubts you carry. He knows what issues you have. This Jesus has come for you. And the exchange He makes is for you. Wear what He offers you with joy and know that from now on, in the eyes of God the Father, you are loved. And in the light of Christ, in the light of Christ, we look amazing. Amen. Would you stand, please?
I have more that I would like to say tonight on this very thing. What it is that we're wrapped and clothed in. I hope I haven't cut the kids' party downstairs too short. I didn't think about that, but this to be loved by God in Christ, to be known, to be truly known and still loved is what we all long for. No matter how rough our edges are, no matter how hard our exterior is, what we long for is to be seen and to be loved. And there's only one that actually does it. There's only one. He came for us tonight. He came for us tonight to wrap us in what He is by becoming what we are. If you do not know this Jesus as your Savior, I invite you on the authority of God's Word to receive Him now. As long as it is called today, it is the day of salvation. Receive Christ. Receive God's indescribable gift by grace through faith. If you long for it, if you want to believe in Him, God is already being merciful to you. Because you wouldn't want that unless He created it in you. We can't want anything good. Anything. Especially the best thing. Him. If this has been a rough year for you, if you doubt the love of God for you because of how your week has gone or your month has gone or your year has gone, we can pray about that too because He loves you. And it hasn't changed for you over this year and it won't change for you next year. So let's sing. If you need to pray, I'll be here.